Hello, everyone, and welcome to Data Dialogues. My name is Richard Harris from Certus Insight. I'm the commercial director. And joining me today from Red Cross Lifeblood is Noel Hansons. Hello, Noel. Good day, Richard. Good to see you again. And you, sir, and you. So, look, first of all, thank you very much for making your time available today. We asked you um, for this session because you've just gone through a process of evaluating and then deciding on Data Vault 2.0 as your uh, chosen methodology. And I think uh, a lot of people out there facing this journey would find your experience of, of great value. So I might um, get you to start off today with maybe telling us a bit about yourself and the organization and really what were you were doing prior to uh, to this move to Data Vault and the kind of challenges that you were hoping to solve. Thanks, Richard. So my name is Noel Hansons. I'm the manager of data engineering at Red Cross Lifeblood. I'm also the uh, uh, responsible for data governance, data engineering, the DBA team, uh, and our uh, on-prem and cloud data warehouses. I'm lucky to work with a, a group of very talented uh, and passionate and committed colleagues on our journey um, in the data space. I like to joke that I, I was uh, into data before it was cool, uh, and now data is definitely cool, so it's it's exciting. For my sins, I also run um, the data engineering meetup and in, are involved in the uh, the National Data Eng Conf, uh, Data Bytes Conference. So, uh, from Lifeblood, however, so Lifeblood uh, is a branch of the Australian Red Cross, and it's responsible for the collection and distribution of blood and biological products in Australia. So, we do a lot of um, uh, work across scientific, clinical, and support services. Uh, you'd most likely uh, be aware of us whether you've given a blood uh, donation yourself at any point, and, and Please, if you haven't in a while, please come along and, and make a donation or, or plasma or other products. But also uh, you may yourself or have uh, a family member who's engaged with our services yourself. And so I have a personal story, like many of the workers across Lifeblood, uh, a personal story around um, prior to me working with Lifeblood where my wife was giving birth to uh, our first son and she had complications, post-birth complications, and she required a blood transfusion. And, of course, um, that blood product was um, originally came from a very generous donor uh, through lifeblood uh, eventually to reach her and to sort of um, you know to, to, to make her better again after after giving birth to Alexander so um, and so that meant when it came time for me to um, to start with lifeblood I had this this personal connection to the organization and it's quite amazing hearing so many of my colleagues personal um, connections to lifeblood as well so it's a really motivating a powerful force for the work that we do. I'm not just a, a data engineering manager. I'm someone that, that can save lives if I do my job well, and that's really motivating. So how did we come to uh, Data Vault 2 and what were we doing prior to that? So we have a, a much-loved 14-year-old data warehouse, uh, legacy data warehouse, um, which was well-designed and uh, has been an absolute workhorse for the organisation across the last 14 years. However, as with all things, over time, that, that data warehouse is sort of atrophied to a degree. And what that means is that it, you'd never uh, design something on day one as you would after 14 years of use because, of course, during that intervening period, the, the uh, requirements have changed, the needs have changed, and so forth. It's also built on, uh, over that 14 years, the things like uh, uh, design modelling methodologies have changed, some of the tooling has changed, some of the approaches have changed, indeed, I don't recall whether Agile was um, particularly common 14 years ago, but something, uh, a cultural and team formation shift such as Agile 
um, you know, we weren't considering 14 years ago as part of this change. So that's another good reason for us to um, to do this. But ultimately, the the motivator motivating factor that we had was this request from our uh, dashboard and reporting and data science teams that every time uh, a schema change would come along or they requested more data, that our development cycles took quite a while. And um, and while that was appropriate and, you know, uh, sort of leading edge 14 years ago, as time changes, we needed to look at new approaches. And that's where uh, Data Vault started to enter our thinking. So what then drove that idea of that re-architecting? Were you facing a lot of new data sets or, as you say, was it uh, more the nature of the data and the way that it's being used just presented an opportunity for a, a re-engineering? I think that the the baseline would have been that there's always there always should be an opportunity with a, a move such as this to reassess where you're at. But fortunately, we were very aware of um, business needs and particularly where there were time-to-value um, challenges with us serving out changes to, you know, the underlying source system schema, for instance, and then relaying, propagating them through the data warehouse, surfacing more data um, to the business when it needed, changes to the data warehouse, those kind of things. So we were very aware that um, just our our development cycles were taking too long. Again, um, the data warehouse, the uh, enterprise on-prem legacy one has been a great servant for the organisation, but there's just newer and better ways to do things. So we had both um, the technology that we could use but also the, the the modeling architecture that we could use um, for that particular point. There, there was also, we work in a heavily regulated environment. So we've got this counterpoint of not just speed to development and you, know, and you can do things quick and dirty very quickly if, if you're comfortable with that. But we also need things like traceability and security of our data. So those were sort of front of mind when we were um, considering different options and different approaches to the challenges that we've got. Yeah, we've seen uh, quite recently some very high-profile examples where uh, there is uh, definitely uh, more work to be done in in how we secure, particularly the sensitive and private information that uh, you know organisations can use. A- and it's very interesting to hear that. Yeah, it, it sounds like a, a lot of the the motivation here was we're seeing uh, much more downstream use of data by line of business people who are much more data uh, literate than uh, they have been in the past. And those increase in demands for access to information, for self-service reporting or analytics is starting to drive um, similar needs, you know, across the industry. So I'd be curious then to hear, you know, how you landed on DataVault. Like what was the process of you going out to market and, and assessing and looking at whether DataVault um, really was the right approach for you guys? So, great question. The the couple of things that came to mind, our enterprise data warehouse, our legacy data warehouse, uses a, a combination of sort of Kimball and Inmon and a bit of DataVault too as well, or original DataVault, I should say. So we had um, <clears throat> some familiarity with the strengths and weaknesses of, of each approach, but there's, there's always that in- interesting point I find with... Um, where you're considering around what um, you're about to make your investment decision and do you have enough information to make that investment decision at the time? And so really that that raises this question of um, if I'm analysing three data modelling approaches, let's just say sort of Kimball Inmon and, um, and Data Vault 2, that I've not just done a, a tabletop exercise of assessing those against our needs, but I've also got a, a deep feel 
for each of those approaches within the team. And so within my team, we had a, a, a you know, we'd implemented Kimball, implemented Inmon, uh, and to degrees we'd implemented DataVault. Um, so as part of the, the consideration for assessing um, DataVault, what we did was we um, we did both a, a, a requirements for quick responses to changes assessment, and then we utilised um, an existing data set to build out a DataVault 2 proof of concept uh, which meant that we could then uh, sort of measure both the development timeframes, but also the, uh, the the processing timeframes, which was equally important for us against existing data sets as a baseline to compare what was more appropriate for us as an organisation uh, versus the existing approach that we were using. And so once you'd built the, the data vault uh, proof of concept, where did you then see the differences and, and how did that shape your, your business case inside the organisation? Yeah, so when we built the, the Data Vault Proof of Concept, we actually took a, a multi-staged approach. So initially it was um, we did a hand-coded Data Vault 2 um, implementation and then we used an automating uh, data warehouse automation tool called Erwin Data Modeler. So those um, that allowed us to then step through. The, the hand-coding was useful because it gave us a very intimate understanding of the transformations that would take place uh, and, you know, and the potential problems was quite useful um, in that respect. Also, backtracking before the POC, we actually undertook um, a, a maturity assessment of our data vault capability within the organisation. And so that allowed us to identify really where the um, our strengths lay. We had a, a very mature Erwin data modelling capability within the organisation going back 10 years. So that was a, a real sort of, um, uh, you know, crown jewels has been described as for our organisation that allowed us a good strong base level of data modelling and utilising this tool to then um, build Data Vault 2 on top of. And that tool actually has the data warehouse automation capability as well as integration capability into mm-hmm. your orchestration tool, for instance. So those gave us um, that, that good baseline. And then um, when it came to actually uh, implementing the proof of concept, we were then able to measure against both that as well as the ease of development for our data architects, for instance, and also the ease of report development on, on the output of, um, of that. Fantastic. And so how did the business then, how you know, you, you've made the decision to go with DataVault, obviously case, the, the business case has stood up. How has the decision been received by the business so far? Have you been able to show... Um, you know, some, some good advantages. What's next for you guys is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, great great question. So two, th- th- there's two parts to that. Um, and one is that we were, because we, we're building and migrating existing data sets, what that means is that um, we're sort of, we're building to a fixed state. So that, that fixed state is known reports that we, we have and that we're generating at the moment. So from our, our purely from that perspective, our business um, is you know pretty uh, uh, sort of agnostic to the changes that we're making under the hood. So long as they get their similar data out, then they're quite happy. The difference, however, is uh, in this time to value piece. So when they make requests, are we delivering those requests in a quicker way? Uh, can we you know again underlying schema changes of our source system? Can we um, push through those changes quicker? Can we get new data sets in quicker? Can we uh, surface additional data to um, the reports in a quicker fashion? And so that's been quite quite positive. Uh, the 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 speed and the time to value that we've been able to generate, and not just through Data Vault two, but of course it's that um, the other underlying technology using the Erwin 
data modeling tool set has been useful from that perspective. Of course, all throughout this journey, we've engaged with the business to ensure um, that they're aware of our plans and the reasons for their plans. We've got a really strong uh, relationship with our our um, specialist uh, dashboard and reporting and data science area. And so they've been uh, very candid with us about the challenges that they have from my team, again, sort of the, the length of time for changes to, to flow through. And so that's been allow, allowed us to then consider these options and then deliver um, a potential solution, which is looking pretty strong at the moment um, for this um, this piece of work. The next step, however, is uh, the initiation of a, a fully blown pilot using a number of um, data sets, uh, which will then migrate across. So three data sources we'll be using, and we'll be then redeveloping those data sets using DataVault 2, using the automation tooling, doing that from end to end, um, and delivering that that capability to um to the the the, the uh, report development and dashboard team. It sounds like, uh, and having been uh, involved in the ongoing you know conversations and the process that you've gone through, you've kind of ticked on all of those key uh, points that are so important to uh, you know a making an informed decision. I, I I like the fact that you put it in those terms that the decisions that needed to be made need to be uh, supported with the right information uh, for the right people. Um, but equally, the the environment with which you were off, uh, operating, the things that you were looking for naturally lent themselves to an agile process, um, you know, like DataVault, and including a very strong relationship, you know, with the, the, the business side, those people who are responsible for really deciding what business rules you will apply to the data, create your business vault, et cetera. So it, it seems to me that you were, yeah, you went along a very logical path and all of those things that you would want to be in place for a successful data vault implementation to begin with, you already had, you already had in place. Um, so it was, it was very useful. So in terms of your data vault capability, um, did you find that uh, your team were quick to understand and be able to, you know, start to apply uh, some of those data vault concepts, particularly data vault 2.0, um, obviously because yeah. it's from the original. Yeah, we we started from a, a reasonably strong position with our, our data modeling um, uh, experience and our data vault exposure. Uh, but that being said, there, there's always that risk that you know the, the tricks for young players was always something in the back of my mind, and I'm very aware of um, failed Data Vault two implementations and and why that might cause us problems. And so as I was considering how do we mitigate for those problems and really de-risk ourselves is is what the aim of the game is. The two main approaches that we took there were uh, around uh, engaging with a um a, a specialist consultancy to. Um, uh, provide us both with that maturity review, the maturity assessment, but also to um, essentially be that that set of eyes that could review pieces of work, the modelling that we did, the approaches that we're taking, where um, and that way that would sort of surface any potential problems, hopefully before they became too uh, significant that they derailed the, the piece of work. But also we sent a number of our team members on uh, Data Vault 2 training. That was absolutely um, necessary for them to go on that training. So they became more experienced with that piece of work. We've done many um, presentations back to the team of the, the, the proof of concept, both the hand coding and the automated proof of concept. So these concepts are socialized within the team. We can ask questions. We can 
assess things and eventually uh, come to a determination around a go or a no-go with Data Vault 2 as the preferred methodology. I'll also put my hand up and say that I went on the Data Vault 2, excuse me, executive training course with um, with another team lead of mine. So I had a deeper understanding of the methodology itself. Uh, so I just had a bit more visibility of the journey that we were going through and particularly why it's and how it's different from a Kimball or Inmon uh, approach. And so that allowed me to sort of understand why that would be different, you know, from the 20 years of experience that we've got with those modelling methodologies. So overall, uh, those three things gave us a good baseline to try to de-risk as much as possible the proof of concept piece of work and to maximise its chances of success, uh, which is the point at which we're out, we are now, and then shift across into the pilot. I'd also make the point that the, um, the maturity evaluation was really key in just giving us visibility of um, the areas that we might be weak in. We knew that we were strong in a couple of areas, but there were certain aspects that we knew that we were weak in as well. But it's really around the sort of the known unknowns, and we had no way to identify those. It took this consultancy to come in and to tell us what we didn't know and um, and to show us what we what we needed to improve on as part of this process. So um, I'm, I'm pretty uh, sort of happy with that approach that we've taken so far. Great. Um, look, we're almost up on time. I will sort of say it was... Um uh, it was very useful from our side um, post uh, conducting that review and then having you do the executive training. It made the interpretation of our findings, being able to explain it in ways that you'd already uh, understood and been educated on, made the process uh, you know, very smooth. So certainly something you know, we would recommend uh, others do. Um, to finish us off today, though, for those people who are embarking you know, on looking at a Data Vault 2 journey, are there any um, other pieces of advice you might uh, you might give? Great question, Richard. The, the couple of pieces of advice I would give is certainly um, read up as much as you can on, on Data Vault 2 and particularly do um, an assessment against Kimball and Inmon. The, the answer always has to be the right tool for the job and it depends um, whether the question is, you know, is Data Vault 2 right for your organisation? And there are plenty of scenarios where it isn't. But um, being able to do sort of a wide-eyed assessment and comparison between those three pieces and if you need to get in a consultancy uh, such as Certus to um, give you those eyes uh, on the pieces of information that you don't know uh, is is something of, of reasonable value. Uh, the the uh, data modelling capability maturity piece was critical for us in the the, um, the review, uh, and also uh, using a, an existing workload and probably like hand coding and then doing a um, an automated proof of concept is really key. So you've got true baselines between. Um, you know, the, the existing way of doing things and the new way of doing things. I think being able to clearly articulate the benefits, the reasons why you're undertaking this transformation is key because um, inevitably you'll be asked, uh, you know, why why are we making this investment on this approach? Why is it different? Uh, and uh, you've got a good reason to justify those approaches that you've got. Fantastic. Well, look, uh, Noel, I really appreciate your time today. I hope um, our audience found this of interest. Uh, if you do have any questions about uh, what we talked about today, uh, please uh, post them inside the, the DVIC uh, forums and uh, we'll endeavour to, uh, to respond and, and answer any questions that you may have. Again, Noel, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you all for watching. 
and look out for our next Data Dialogues uh, series. Thanks, Richard. See you all.